This Good Friday, we start to think about the cross and what this means for us. And leading up to the cross, one of the most prominent disciples of Christ was Peter. And in that time leading up to that Passover weekend, there's a story about Peter and his life and how he went through some difficult times. To give a little background, he was a dedicated follower of Christ, prepared to die with him on the cross if need be. But Peter went lost. I want to talk today about what it means for those who are lost to encounter the cross, the death and resurrection of Christ, and if we've strayed, how we can return. There is a call for us to return to be reconciled with Christ, and we're making that call today. Peter, Jesus, arguably his closest friend, initially called Simon, but after a moment of brilliance, a moment of revelation, Jesus changed his name to Peter, meaning rock. And this rock was to be the foundation of the church. The foundation of the church was us as human beings with the recognition of the divine. This was the mystery that was hidden for years, but revealed to Peter and then to us that Christ himself was revealed in human beings. Peter had given up everything to follow him. He recognised Jesus Christ and he was willing to do anything to stay part of the team. Jesus knew he needed to reach people and to complete his mission he needed people like Peter. But the problem was people make mistakes. People get things wrong. If only God used, if only God used perfect people he would have no one to use. I want to pick up the story and we see Jesus talking to Peter in Luke chapter 22 and he says this Simon stay on your toes Satan has tried his best to separate you from me like chaff from wheat Simon I've prayed for you in particular that you will not give in or give out and when you've come through this time of testing you will turn to your companions and you will give them a fresh start Peter, Simon Peter said, Master, I'm ready to do anything for you. I'd go to jail for you. I'd die for you. Jesus said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the cockerel crows, you will have at least three times denied that you know me. Peter's story, it's not that we never fall, but it's how that we recover. Peter was sincere in his faithfulness, yet there was an enemy, Satan, that would try and separate Peter from Jesus. That's the tactic of the enemy, is to always bring division, to separate. And if he can use our humanness to accuse us or make us think that we're not good enough for his purpose, we can too feel lost. But many things can be lost. But Jesus prayed specifically for Peter that whatever was lost, he wouldn't lose his faith. And that's a message that's been coming strong to me, is stay strong, keep the faith. And this was Jesus' purpose, was to come and to seek and save that which was lost. I've prayed for you, he says, that you will not lose your faith and you'll help your brothers to be stronger when you return. Many suffer in their lifetime a crisis of faith and things that can happen to us that make us question God. But having questions is not a bad thing. In fact, the scriptures tell us to be prepared to give an answer for those who question what we believe. I was always brought up to know Christ, even from an early age, I realised that God had a plan for my life. Yet I still had to know for myself what it meant. 
to have faith in Christ. Now maybe as a child you have the kind of experience faith and you accept what is told to you and uh, maybe like me you saw miracles and I experienced Christ as a young child. And maybe I had faith because someone told me about God and Christ. And, but there came a time in my life when I had a searching kind of faith. And some see this as a lost faith or searching for something that they need. But perhaps they realise they have it already. That's the story of the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? They're all looking for something from the wizard, yet they have it within themselves all the time. And when you realise that you have the faith and that God has given it to you, you go to that fourth stage, which is own faith. And that's the reality that God wants us to live in today, is my faith is not because someone has told me, it's not because I've experienced something, it's not because I'm trying to find something that's outside of me, that faith becomes my own. And we establish for ourselves what we know and believe is to be true. Many today are desperately seeking for an answer. Um, maybe they're fearing death. Maybe they're not seeking anything. Maybe they're just in this life to have some fun. Or maybe they're not waiting for them. Maybe they're not waiting for someone to come and reveal who Christ is to them. However, they realise there's something in their heart. There's a hole where something ought to be. And maybe I want to suggest to you today that what you're missing is that faith. Perhaps you haven't come to Christ yet. Perhaps you're what we call a pre-Christian or BC before Christ. Uh, maybe you've struggled in lots of ways. Maybe you've gone away from your creator. Maybe lost your purpose and focus in being. Well, Jesus calls these people lost. Many have lost their way, but they're not even aware of it. Many believe in some cosmic force, yet they don't know the freedom that comes through knowing Christ Jesus and who he is. However, when something is lost, it suggests that there is an owner to that something or something has a value or it matters to them. And that theme of being lost, you can see throughout scripture. Jesus talks about it in Luke chapter 15. It, there's a comment about what Jesus was like. And uh, it says this in, in Luke 15, chapter one, uh, Luke verse one. Now the tax collectors and notorious and especially wicked sinners were all coming near to hear Jesus and to listen to him. But the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious teachers kept muttering amongst themselves, indignant, complaining, and says, This man accepts and receives and welcomes preeminently wicked sinners, and he even eats with them. It's important to see why people love to spend time with Jesus. Number one, people are important to Jesus. Number two, he shows people that he is prepared to spend time with them. And number three, no matter what their reputation, he shows them love. And Jesus accepts us no matter what, accepts the saint and the sinner alike. And the chapter 15 of Luke contains three linked stories that Jesus told to explain why Jesus associated with people who are of ill repute. The story of Jesus it here is that he's there for the marginalised, for the hurt, for the rejected, for those that feel like maybe they're on the scrap heap of life. In the previous chapter 14 of Luke, we read how he invited all these people to come to the banquet, but they didn't come. And the king said, go into the streets and the alleyways and compel them to come, the sick, the lame, the poor, that my house might be full. 
find some people, he says, bring them in. And then in chapter 15, the words lost and found and rejoice and celebrate keep coming over and over again. And these parables introduce the importance of people to Jesus and to his disciples like us. The parables drama is built on the tension of an attempt to find something that's lost. Anyone who's lost anything or loses anything on a regular basis like your phone or your keys certainly can identify with this stress. Jesus tells these parables about tax collectors. And the story offers comfort, especially in the face of the Pharisees and the scribes that were grumbling and complaining that people, uh, that Jesus welcomes people and eats with them. The fact that tax collectors, the people who had betrayed their own countrymen, were willing to come and listen to Jesus, to come under his leadership. Maybe people that were rejected or uh, disliked by the whole of their society. But Jesus associates with these bad people. And it's not that he is tainted with the same brush. It's not that bad company correct, corrupts good habits. This is not the case with Jesus. And seeking that which is lost remains Jesus's purpose and his mission and it should be us too. See Jesus met his disciples many of them were fishermen going about their ordinary business. Jesus performs a miracle of catch of fish and they left everything to follow him and they said from now on you're going to catch and gather people. The desire of Christ to win people. People have strayed from the path and people have got lost is a theme throughout his ministry. In Luke 19, this is when he finds Zach up a tree and he comes to his house and he says this, the son of man's purpose was to come and to seek and save that which is lost. And these parables in Luke 15 picture God's desire to find people and bring them back to the fold. He says there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one person who changes over 99 righteous people who do not need to change. And when a person turns to God, heaven throws a party. Knowing this keeps Jesus associating with ordinary people, making friends with them, meeting where they're at, connecting with them, empowering them and sending them out to do the master's work. People should know that God is diligently looking for them. But so let's not wait for a divine appointment before we reach out to someone who's different from us. You know, people are hungry, wanting, needing an answer. Um, but if we can get past the outside facade and see what's going on inside people's lives, we know that they desperately need the kind of faith that comes through knowing Jesus Christ and who he is. Disciples are diligent in their search for lost people on behalf of the master that they serve. And Jesus provides us with a clear example to follow. Finding lost sheep or missing coins, uh, it may not mean much to us, but for these people, it's all they cared about. And when Jesus involved himself with people, he cared for what they cared about. And so should we as disciples. Then we come to the final parable, the, the loving, forgiving father in Luke 15. And it's elaborate treatment of seeking people. And the story gives more attention to the father and his reaction to the son's return. And the father's response to the elder son's resentment also shows how central a character he is in this parable. You see, the father pictures God. The younger son symbolises those who are lost, especially the tax collectors who betrayed their own people and all the rest in, in verse one of the chapter. But 
But it's only when things get so bad that he comes to his senses and he realises that his father was not judging him. And even though he probably stunk from his time in the pig pen, Father God embraced him. Then there's the older brother. He represents the self-righteous, the Pharisees of scribe, scribes of verse 1. And anyone who claims that they serve God, yet they're harsh towards people and the possibility of forgiveness. The majority, the major issue is that people change and God is willing to forgive them. The parable is Jesus' final defence to offer good news in the face of an official criticism of his association with ordinary people. The note of joy at the son's return is crucial in the passage as it is the father's restoration of the sonship's privileges that come to the forefront. The son has come from destitution to complete restoration. This is what God's grace does for us. The story is left hanging. The elder brother is left to contemplate the father's words. Did you not know my son who was lost has now been found? We don't know if the son comes in to celebrate or not. It's an open ending. What will he do? Jesus' listeners are left to contemplate their own responses as well. And the parable of the story is that reversal. And it is that hope of such a reversal that causes a person to seek Jesus. God's grace drives him to love others and actively pursue them and see their life turn around. Are we in that situation? Have we taken the wrong path? Is it time for us to return? Or do we see ourselves like the older brother refusing to accept people and believe that the possibility that they could change? Back to Peter. Peter does deny he knows Jesus. And there's a knowing glance from him across the courtyard as the cockerel seems to seal his fate. Peter weeps repentant tears and runs off into the night. Peter watches as a man he loved and followed for many years is brutally murdered and a thief called Barabbas goes free. We catch up with Peter towards the end of John chapter 1 and there's another miracle catch of fish when Jesus comes to Peter and loves him and restores him. Do you love me? He asks three times. Then feed my sheep, tend my lambs. A third time, this is John 21, a third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my sheep. And then Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Jesus knew that Peter was a weak human being who had to find out for himself not to trust in his own strength. And the only way to live this life without going lost is to follow Jesus. For he is the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. It's a testament that Jesus had prayed for him. And even though he messed up, we still, he still had that spark of faith in him. You might be listening today and maybe that flame, that spark seems to have gone out. Or somehow you've been separated from Christ but Jesus himself is praying for you. He's praying for you like we as a church are praying for you that you will return and you will strengthen others. I think as we come to Good Friday, we think about the cross and what it means for us. We, we think about what Jesus done and took the punishment of our sin. 
placed upon him and he himself came to find us and restore us. How about beginning with that revelation of who Christ is, that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God, and that blessed are we who realise who Christ is and what he can do in our lives. And even if we're lost, even if we're feeling hopeless and helpless, we have a God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And he is here for you today. Open your hearts right now as you're listening and say, Lord Jesus, come and find me. Come and find me. And you know what? You'll find that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. All you have to do is open the door and let him in. Will you let him in this Easter? Will Easter 2020 be the day that you say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I turn my back on the way I've lived without you. I repent and I choose to follow you. And Jesus says, do you love me? I have a place for you to feed and comfort and strengthen my brothers and sisters. I have a place for you in the kingdom. I have uh, given you purpose, given you direction. I've given you new life. Now is the time to live it. Now is the time. Come on, let's not shrink back from the responsibility that Christ has given us into reaching out to others who are so desperately lost, who have missed their, their missed the mark. That's what sin means. Sin means to miss the mark. And maybe you feel like you've missed the mark. Maybe you feel your life isn't what it should be and you know it, but you can turn to Christ today. Be reconciled to God. I love it where Jesus reconciled Peter. And even though he denied him three times, he restored him three times. It was Peter that said, how many times should I forgive my brother who sins against me? Seven? Jesus says, no, come on. It's more like 70 times seven. The grace of God is here for us today. His forgiveness and loving kindness and his mercy are new every morning. Come, come back to Christ. I implore you, be reconciled to him. Amen. Amen. That's what the cross is all about. The cross is all about that Passover lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, for the sin of you and me and sin, how we've missed the mark. Doesn't matter. But how he goes about seeking and saving that which is lost. There's no need to be lost. There's no need to be fear and in darkness. For Christ has come. Amen. Amen.